Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Hanging with Harge. I am your host, Mr. 254, Harbaugh Harge. And I want to thank everybody for listening to my man, uh, Wags and Rodney Rodriguez on Chaos Theory. Those guys are unbelievable. They do a great job of getting you ready for another edition of Hanging with Harge. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Harge. Make sure you follow uh, me on Instagram at Harbaugh Harge. And of course, make sure you follow the crew at Texas Sports Unfiltered. On Twitter is TS Unfiltered. And on Instagram is Texas Sports Unfiltered. We also want to give a special shout out to all of our great sponsors. And I will get into those young people and everybody that, that helps us make this thing a show as you know this is a big weekend for the texas longhorns not only is it a big weekend for the texas longhorns it's a big weekend for the sports fans at heart you know when you come to the university of texas you expect big things and what's been going on here on the 40 acres has been exciting and i expect a lot of fun times let's make not get it twisted at long uh what is it called longhorn city limits yeah, my man, big boy, big boy of a uh, special part of Outcast that will be performing this weekend. I'm excited about it. Uh, for those that don't know, when I got married, I got married at the University of Texas. And my, my walk-in song, me and my wife's walk-in song was International Players Anthem by UGK. But in case you didn't know, big boy and my man Andre 3000 was a special part of that. That's right. Your boy got it down on the 40 acres. And that's what I want to continue to do. I want to talk a lot about this weekend's game because for me, it has been one of those games that has been dreading, uh, that I've been dreading on the, the um, uh, schedule. The reason why I've been dreading it is simply because of the fact of the letdown factor. And what better person than I can bring in to talk about the letdown factor is someone that I consider one of my good friends. This guy has been in the industry for a long time. He's seen a lot that has gone on with uh, college football, whether it was in Oklahoma when he was covering that. He's also, uh, he's an axum. He went to Stephen F. Austin. But he, most importantly, I call him a friend. Is the one and only. Sean Clinch. Sean, <laughs> what's happening, my brother? My brother, that's the best intro I've had since I came out of the womb. Woo! That's <laughs> a rough entry, you know what I'm saying? Especially with that big head you got, dog. Man, that was uh, <laughs> my biological mom. Thank you for putting up with the pain of this large cranium and entering me into the world, you know. No doubt, no doubt. And, and the accent, man, I love that, you know, right there, right there. I see it, I see it, I see it. <laughs> So, Sean, you've been covering this Texas football team for such a long right. time. And first and foremost, thank you for joining us tonight. Always. Today, excuse me, today on Texas Sports Unfiltered. But one of the things that I've, I've always attributed to you is perspective, right? You've been around this team. You've been dealing with coaches after coaches, <laughs> whether it was uh, above the Red River, uh, above in, in that crazy town. But most importantly, being right here in Austin, Texas, you've been around all these different coaching styles, the different fan bases. Uh, what is it about right now 
right now at the University of Texas that makes you believe that this is something that you can relate to from the past? I think we can all agree that's the best win that this program has had since 06 Ohio State. I mean, even Stevie Lee on my podcast, uh, Stories Inside the Man Cave, and Alex Okafor agreed that, or 2011 A&M, because that was such a historical game. Um, I, I look back at this, and I know it's only game two, and a lot of people are saying tap the brakes a little bit because they want to see this team see how they handle success. Because that was the best team that I've seen Texas put on the field where you looked at it from the eyeball test. Mm -hmm. They were the better team than Alabama. They were clearly the better team. They looked it. They played the part. And what I what I left, what I thought, I don't know if a lot of people are talking about this because, you know, our day jobs require a lot of our time. <laughs> and, yes, sir. And that's the way it is. But what I noticed that, and I don't, and maybe you talked about it, maybe BK or this fine, talented crew you guys have at Texas Sports Unfiltered, but there were no procedural penalties on offense by Texas or false star offside. To me, that's a mark of a championship level or caliber team. When you go into a hostile environment, that's the whole part. A quarterback like Quinn Ewers, he took a step up, and that old line was locked in. Locked in, they were not offsides and no pre-snap penalties. To me, that's what I take away. And, and the most underrated play that I remember was David Benda taking that block, mm -hmm. kept his legs moving, and got the QB sack. Right. Beautiful moments against Alabama. Not only was it a beautiful moment, it was something that, that you can sit back and look to the training, the mentality of this team, because – there were times before where you would see a guy get blocked and it was pretty much over. The play was done. But now you're sitting and you're looking at the fight and the determination of a team that understands what's in front of them. You know, everybody continues to talk about this uh, Alabama game, as I am with you tonight. Oh, yeah. We all are. <laughs> but, but, but like I said, for, for fans, continue to talk about it. Yes. Enjoy it. But as a player, that play, and I'm glad you brought that play up, that goes to the psyche of this football team because you just brought it up about the fact that he got blocked and he kept fighting and he got up and gone to make a play. There was another play in that game where Anthony Hill Jr. was able to trace a guy down because he saw what was happening. You look at the hustle play and the big time blocks down the field. I saw a report earlier on uh, Thursday there that that uh, Jordan Whittington said that he was invited to the lineman party for dinner because he made big blocks down the field. That is championship type of football. Right. That is a guy giving up himself, not worrying about what he saw or. I can't do those types of things. And you know this too, Sean, because we work in a quote-unquote real world as well. The biggest thing that we can hear as a teammate is that's not my job. But you don't ever hear that from this group. So for them to be able to go out there and accept that blocking role, to accept that grunt work on the line and say, what are we going to do to help? 
and win, that's huge because we didn't see that before. We didn't see – we heard the messaging. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you never saw that type of um, unselfish type of play. So I'm glad that you brought that up. But as you sit today and you watch that performance, you saw every level. You saw Texas going <laughs> to the quote-unquote hook them formation, which is also known as the victory. Victory. Formation. Yes. And somebody, as I said, who has covered this team through some tough, tough-ass times. Mm-hmm. And for you to be able to watch this team be victorious on the road against a Nick Saban team, even though people were – they were a seven-point dog. And people c- continue to discredit that. They're trying to figure out what's wrong with Alabama. But most importantly, what people need to look at is how good is this Texas football team? That is the question. Don't don't look at Alabama and say, because I saw an interview with Nick Saban talking about this team matches up with anybody across the country because Coach Sark, and I'll bring that back to you in just a second, but Coach Sark laid out a game plan, and then they finally executed it. And now people are not uh, – there are some. Obviously, they jumped from 11 to 4 and, and 3 in another poll, 4 to 6, excuse me, 4 and 6. But you sit there right now and you say, how good can this team be? And Coach uh, Saban is saying, this is a tough team to match up with. So what are your thoughts on that? I think you you nailed it with the the term execution. Because if you go back, and I, I think it's on the behind the defense view of that game when Alabama was on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, first of all, Texas played offensively really well off when that script was completed. Sark's opening script. Mm-hmm. First time Man. we've seen that. And when you look at the view behind the defense on all that pre-snap movement, those DBs, they had no – to me, it looked like – I counted at least five times when they were in man with the the cover two, uh, man on the the boundaries or or underneath. I thought they they really, really blew coverage because they were confused. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and and it's – when you're in zone, if you're in full zone, you don't take a man. You cover whoever's in your zone. In your area. That's they right. broke Alabama's. They got them out of that elementary. I. That's what it looked like to me. They set them up. Yes. They were they playing poker with them. They made, you know. they made them think that they saw something that they did. It's kind of like, uh, who was the quarterback? Sam Darnold. Uh-huh. Talking about, I saw a ghost. That's exactly – what ended up happening? You thought you saw one thing, but you didn't react to what you saw. You overreacted. And you can't overreact in football. Nope. You, nope. you can't think. You have to just react to, to your training. Yep. And that's what now I understand when how Sark used it after the Rice game when he says – they didn't respond well to our training. And I remember you were on my podcast. And we were talking about it. I didn't know what, what, in what context did he mean. Now I understand. Now you get it. I get it. 
yeah. you know, because that term's not used too much. But, you know, it's there's a reason for the madness on that offense. And I can't wait to see. I, I first have to say this to answer what you were talking about earlier. Even longtime media members who have covered Texas for a long time, the Kirk Bowles, the Cedric Goldens, Anwar, you, uh, Bob Baloo, Rodney Wallace, John yeah. Hyde, Danny Davis, the list goes, it's very long. There's a part of them today that's happy for what they saw because in most situations, well over a decade, they have faltered under these conditions. Agreed. And Agreed. They looked really good. They looked really good. Now we see how they handle the praise that comes with it. Right. And that's one of the questions that I wanted to ask you because you are 1,000% correct because guys that are, you know, prehistoric like Kirk Bowles, who has been in there, and everybody has always been a Kirk Bowles, either love them or they hate them. Uh, so you sit there. And I respect them because, you know, you can't you can't walk this beat at the University of Texas if you aren't dialed in. Right. If you don't know what's going on. You built those relationships. You understand what it's all about. And for for someone like that to sit there and my man C said, said he better, you know, said Golden, who has has been around this game for a long time and, and understood it for a very long time. You sit here and you look at what was the expectation coming in? We knew that the University of Texas was going to be able to match up with Alabama. But how, how, how far are you willing to take it? How much more are you willing to give? Because we've all been here. Texas has always been the team that when people look at them, they're like, oh, they're talented, but what can they do? But they're Texas. Yeah, it's taxes. Everybody's mad at them. They're upset. And they're trying to fight. And they're like, oh, you should be better. And what can we do? And you sit there. We've all been shortchanged in this fight, especially against the elite of the league. You, we were in, we were in New Orleans together for a week, watching a week. and listening to the conversation when they were getting ready to take on Georgia. Are they capable? Are they are they that team? Well, Georgia doesn't want to play. It goes back to my conversation earlier about why is it that people always want to look at why a team wasn't successful instead of looking at why the other team was successful. And that's the same thing when we were in when we were in New Orleans. Everybody was like, oh, well, Georgia didn't have all their players. Their quarterback was. Jake Fromm was there. Well, Texas didn't have all their players either. Texas didn't have all their players either. And they went over there and they beat the snot out. There was a fan that was sitting behind me that was so angry and was yelling, that is not what we paid you guys for. Yelling it. Before the NIL era. I have family members that were sitting with me that were like, did that dude just – Openly say that, <laughs> and I'm like, man, people are crazy in the South. Like, yeah, now everybody's got the same playing field, and I'm not saying that Alabama was doing that. I'm not saying that Georgia was. I'm just saying what the fans said behind. Me. Now everybody has the NIL. Everybody has an opportunity to transfer for. Everybody has 
an ability to go out and get people. We'll get to the Deion Sanders situation in just a little bit, but you can't put everybody in this box because Alabama, they've lost players in the transfer portal. Yeah. They've gained a couple. Georgia has been very strategic in who they go and get. So has Texas. Everybody has done a great job. Then you got Texas State, and obviously what you saw with Dion in Colorado, they made drastic changes. But at the end of it all, the playing field has now been somewhat leveled. That's Would you attribute what Texas was able to do against Alabama and what Alabama has kind of – uh, I wouldn't say lost their luster because they're still in the game. They're still going to always be there. As long as Nick Saban is walking across that field, you're going to be, you're going to have opportunities, but can we look at it and say, Texas has quote unquote figured it out and everybody else is trying to play catch up. Or would you just say Texas's game plan player for player, which is equal to me. And even Alabama had more players yeah. that were ranked, like, uh, I guess you would say, um, what are you, top prospects. Uh, what do you call blue chips. Blue chippers, yeah. They had more on the field than what Texas was. Yeah. Isn't it time to start saying Texas is doing a good job of evaluating talent? Because I said the other day on my show, I said, Texas has been building for this for three years. That's exactly what how I feel right there. And now they're in the game. You guys remember when Sark was hired? And there's always a turn, there's always a turnover when a new coach comes in, but not to the extent that he experienced. I don't think this fan base experienced that many openings. And even after that five and seven first year. There were a lot of new faces, but and everybody wanted. They were mad at. They were mad. But look what is going on: the addition by subtraction, mm-hmm. and the addition of quality um, former head coaches on the staff. Um, you lose Coach P. You add Coach Christ from who has played a significant role. Dude's an offensive line genius. Yep. And you've got a whole – and you got Coach Choice, the running backs coach. That guy recruits when he – Oh, my goodness. When He's he opens amazing. his mouth, he gets a commitment every time he talks on Twitter. Exactly. Uh, but it, all it is is – He's like Suge Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Come to that bro. <laughs> Come to that bro. The thing is, it's development. And it's not – listen, you can't blame – Texas State or Colorado, they're, they're doing that to create a foundation. Texas was has been able to maintain their foundation. Sark has developed all these guys he's brought in over the first two years. Yep. And he, they've done a fantastic – they were the better team. They were – they may not have had as many stars as Alabama, star ratings out of high school, but yep. I hate those, by the way. Uh, I know you do. I know you do. But – I mean, they have a guy from Alabama and a guy from Georgia on the roster, you know, Keelan Robinson, A.D. Yep. Mitchell. Okay? That's, that's the real world. From Minnesota, 
in Trill Carter that can't get in front of anybody on that defensive line. Because there's that's how stacked they are. They got that depth. And it's huge. Always that's got that depth. So I think fans ought to look at this. And, and I think a lot of the Texas fans are really smart people, really smart fans. Absolutely. Cerebral guys and women, sorry, men and women. You and I know a lot of very football intelligent women, Texas fans. Shout out to all the ladies who are devoted Texas fans because hey, fire I, the candy, baby. Fire the candy, fire girls. The candy. They know they're right. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so my whole point being that Texas fans know what you see right now in the interior line defensively, what Texas mm-hmm. has right now and the O-line. That has to continue. That's what they're going to need to compete for the SEC championships every year at all. Texas abused them in the second quarter on in the interiors. That's did you expect that? I didn't. No, and and you know as well as I do. We're talking to my man Sean Clinch. You can follow that stories. Uh, from the man cave he's an amazing dude and he used to be uh, one of my best friends but now he is the best friend so you know <laughs> it just makes things happen but I wanted to talk to Sean too because he has great perspective because he's seen the Big 12 he's covered the Big 12 he's been all over the country and he's seen Oklahoma he's been in Oklahoma State he's been one of those guys he's a Stephen F. Austin guy so he brings a different perspective because it's not always the Homer look. Yeah. And he's one of the guys that is very open-minded with everything that we've seen. So with that being said, we sit here and we look at this Texas football team. And one of the biggest things for me when it comes to the Texas football team is how do you sustain success because we've seen them be successful early we've seen them be successful in the middle but they haven't been able to string all of that together and for me as i look at this team and i'm I'm glad you brought up the upfront guys the defensive line and how they've been able to move and push and assert themselves against the alabama and nick saban has even been on the record of talking about Texas is going to be a problem because they rectified that front four. And not only did they do it on the defensive side, they've done it on the offensive side. They bring back all their starters from last year on the offensive line. Cole Hudson was a road grader this past weekend. Christian Jones scored high on pro football focus because of what he's done in the first two games. I have been personally critical of pro football focus because they've also said that what we saw from Ethan Burke this past weekend was terrible. And I'm (laughs) like, what are you looking at? So because he got out of containment on one play doesn't mean that he's a bad football player. You look at what Anthony Hill was able to do on defense. Pro football focus said he wasn't that great. And I'm a big fan of – statistic but it goes back to my point of sometimes the stats lie because if you're watching the game and you see certain things you see the disruptiveness yeah each and every one of those players so i'm gonna gonna continue this conversation with with uh alabama right now okay it will transition to 
Wyoming, and I'll ask you some baseball stuff too. But what I really truly want to understand is when you watch the game multiple times by now, what stood out to you the most on this Texas football team? Number one, execution on both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, nothing's ever perfect. They didn't play perfect. Mm-mm. They played near perfect. Um, the only problem I saw on defense was there at the end of the game when they blew that coverage and then the, the Keystone Cops running into each other and allowing the touchdown to score. Because, Tex, let's be honest. Yeah, that was bad. That was yeah. bad. That was that that didn't pass the eye test. Um, that was the only thing, but you know, you're going to make mistakes. And I think this fan base knows that, but I, I think that that's probably one area they're going to clean up. I yep. do think there's just a couple of times on, on the edge, despite the great D line play, they needed to seal off the edge a little more. I mean, offensively is what I'm talking about seal off the edge no, no, to get those running backs broken on the outside. But I thought for not having Bijan and Roshan, they're adjusting to it. Um, I think those three young backs all played well. But just a few minor errors. But I, I just thought, man, it, what it was, and you said at the beginning, it took all – and this is very cliche. All, it took all 11 men, all 11 Longhorns who were on the field to execute, to play complementary football, and that's what happened on offense and defense. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. Let me tell you who else can execute at a very, very high level. It's the folks over at Covert BK. Nestled yeah, on 42 can. acres in the beautiful hill country located in BK, Texas. Uh, Covert BK this has three state-of-the-art auto dealerships uh, carrying seven brands. And no matter what brand you have, whether it's Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, which I have both of those, uh, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And in addition to all those seven brands, they also have a location in Hutto and a Ford Lincoln dealership in Austin. Covert also has something for every single person that is looking for some help. No matter the, of the car that you drive or the SUV that you drive, they service everyone. They have 86 service bays throughout that beautiful spot over at Cobra BK. And that means your wait time is minimal. Minimal. Please visit CobertBcave.com today and you can find out everything you need to know from the latest specials and inventory. Or you can just stop by there because today, Friday, this is the time for you to come out and you get to hang out with my man Casey Stutter. Big stud. What you thought he looked like because Casey now is slim, trim, and ready to get it popping. Man, that guy, that's one of the Casey, just come out there and get you a car. That's right. Please visit covertbcave.com and tell them we all sent you from Texas Sports Unfiltered. I'll have to add to that. Come on. And And I'm not being compensated for this. That's a great sponsor. It's I'm one of the OG, OG Covert family. But shout out to my boy, Joe Joseph. He's a big part of the Covert system over there, if you want to call it a system. But a uh, long time. It's a machine, bro. It's a machine. It's a machine. It's a dynasty, baby. It's a dynasty, baby. <laughs> it is a dynasty. Speaking of a dynasty, 
you know, everybody's been going at Nick Saban <laughs> and talking about is this the end of Nick Saban because he got beat by his uh, quote-unquote former uh, coaching uh, coach, offensive coordinator. Everybody also believes that what Sark was able to do because of his time with Nick Saban, they believe that that's what it's all about. It's not. I don't believe that. I believe it's Coach Sark, you know, evolving as a head coach, yeah. as evolving as a coach that we all have questioned from time to time. Um, I think this is a growth situation for him. I think that he's done some things that we expected to see. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest thing for Coach Sark and why he was able to execute, to your point, at a very, very high level is he finally got the guys into his system and got them to believe. I've been preaching for a long time. Everybody wanted overturn, right? Yeah. Everybody wanted coaches gone. This team sucks and we need to get rid of this coach. But I can I I look at what they've been able to succeed at strictly with the camaraderie of the coaching staff. The conversations have been the same yeah. for a very long time. The players now aren't reacting slowly. Now they're just reading and reacting and they're just going. Do you seem like do you think that this team has decided? to play faster now because they simply understand what the calls are? I feel like there's a significant comfort zone, especially with the amount of returning players. I mean, that 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 is huge in a system like this in the development. Does this mean they're going to go undefeated and win a national championship? We don't know. No. I mean, there's a – if they went 10 and two this year, I'd be happy. Nine wins, I'd be happy with this team because it is significant progress. Uh, but they're fun to watch. And you see them play much faster because they comprehend it all. But what's amazing to me, year three with as many players as they brought in to have as many players as they do mm -hmm. play fast, to me, that is a – significant indication of where they are in the development because they to, to your question which you asked there is a comfort zone they don't think they're just executing because when you think pe people who have never played the game a half a second of a thought or a second you're beat yeah you're 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 toast yep one second is can change the trajectory or the outcome of a game and, and that's the part that people truly don't understand strictly because of the fact that they expect everybody, even with a new coaching staff coming in, they expect everybody to automatically be quick with it. They don't understand. It's like your job, right? You know, you, you, you worked in three, three different industries. At yeah. point. You've been in TV with uh, your sportscasting. You've worked in pharmaceutical sales, and now you're working in rehab sales. Yeah. So you've had to learn different parts of it. Even when you were doing TV, you had to learn different things. Weekly. So, but, but it takes a moment 
for you to understand. And then you transition, transition, and then you go into a totally different ramp. That's what these kids were doing. They were listening to Sean Clinch teach them how to do a boom mic and sit in front of a camera and know where your cues are. But then they bring in another guy that completely erases what you taught them, but it's the same conversation, but it's it's, it's being said differently. So yeah. So now I have a PK. I have a Coach Sark relaying these messages to these kids because there's some camaraderie in the conversation. There's some education that's being brought into it, but it's repetitive. Yeah. And somebody that's trying to learn. It's reps. It's all about it's reps. all about the reps. But if I tell Sean what he has been training for the first two years, but now I'm going to bring you a whole different verbiage. Delete it. Unfor Unremember it. <laughs> Forget what you've been trained to do. And again, everybody can say, well, the transfer portal says this and the transfer portal does that. Yeah, I agree. But that that's one kid that has to learn as opposed to 80 kids that has to learn. Think about all those guys that Sark has brought in. Think about the situation right now at Colorado and Texas State. You, you didn't have all those guys come in in the spring. Yep. You had a lot of them. And you're trying to get, teach them on the fly and then say, all right, we're, we're putting you in a game situation. The best way to learn, and it's the same way you know in life, you you got to you have to fail. Yep. And failure, if you have anything about you and anything. I play professional baseball, though. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Well, you failed 70% of the time at that plate. <laughs> hey, actually, for me, it was 85. Woo! <laughs> you know, that's better than 99% uh, of us. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. It's, yeah. But failure, man, you have to fail to improve. Everybody wants to be the LSU, yep. the 2019 LSU. Bring all those people in. It doesn't work like that. That's that's an anomaly, in my opinion. Yep. And I couldn't agree more to you. And sustainability. It's sustainability because of the fact of what's going on. And speaking of what's going on, obviously, we're going to get back to the University of Texas uh, football team as they get ready to take on Wyoming tomorrow night, seven o'clock at um, DKR. But the biggest thing for me is the biggest story coming across college football. And I've been waiting to have this conversation with you is one <laughs> Deion Sanders, man. You know, Deion is a guy that is very brash. He has been Deion Sanders prime time since the time he was playing at uh, Florida State. You know, Dion has been a guy that was under-recruited, which sounds crazy as hell when you think about it. I saw an interview, and I brought this up yesterday on my show. I brought up the fact that Dion, when he graduated, Sean, you'll appreciate this. He was 150 pounds. Well, I bet he Deion was fast, Sanders was 150 pounds coming out of high school, didn't even have a scholarship offer. 
That's why he created this persona of prime time. He created this persona of neon Dion. He ended up going and getting drafted in baseball, but most importantly, he ended up going to Florida State and electrifying everybody in Tallahassee. Going to the Cowboys, you probably covered him. So you sit there and you think about what he's been able to achieve throughout his life. And then he gets to the, I wouldn't say pinnacle, because I don't know what that's going to be for him, because he's been that guy. Yeah, But he gets an opportunity to go to uh, Jackson State, puts them on the map, continues to believe in those players. Then he gets a chance to go to Colorado, and he has become the biggest story in college football. But then there's this big rivalry game. You know about it, and I'm going to get to you about the Axum. You know, your guy, uh, Xavier Gibson from from, uh, from Boston. Go Axum. Axum Jacks, baby. I wanted to ask you this because Deion Sanders is a guy that has never changed who he was. He's never changed the story. He's been the exact same person his whole life, but everybody wants to take shots at him. And I wanted to ask you about this conversation by a former OU coach and a former University of Texas coach, Jay Norvell, who is now coaching for the Colorado State Rams. And I want you to listen to this, and I want to know your thoughts. And I sat down with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. So, and I sat down with ESPN. I will get. I will. I do understand what he was trying to do because we all know yeah. people get caught up with the masses. Mm-hmm. They want. They want everybody to to uh, believe that they know the answers to the test. He wants everybody to believe y'all need to follow us because I'm going to teach these kids how to be proper and whatever. Okay. I want to hear your response and I'm going to give you mine. Well, I want to be objective. Jay is a friend of mine and, but I'll be object- objective about it. It caught me off guard. It was one of those days in which hey, you got some friends that you want to cuss out every time. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we've all been there. You do. We've been there. We, it's okay. happened periodically. Yeah, uh, it happened yesterday. Yeah, it happened about <laughs> it happened about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> but Jay is, you know, class act. He's rebuilding Colorado State. You know, he was here when Charlie was Charlie Strong was, uh, mm-hmm. and Jay was. Uh, you know, I got to know him when he worked for Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a good offensive mind. Um, this is he. He took the job. Oh, he beat Texas, I believe, with a tight end, Blake Bell. Blake Bell. And play a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. That tells you right there. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was at Nevada, head coach there, and took this job. Yeah. So Colorado State is now investing a ton of money. They've got their alumni, and they've got just donating. So he's the head coach over there. Last year, he got rid of a lot of players, or a lot of players quit. Yep. He's a class act guy. He's going to clean up the program. They're rebuilding. Do I think they're going to beat Colorado? 
No. But he's coming. <laughs> he's uh but what he's doing is he's trying to re I think he's trying to create a spark within that locker room. Listen, this is a big time opponent all of a sudden because everyone in the country is going to watch Dion, his son, and the Buffaloes all of a sudden. Pretty magical when you go from a one or two win team to all of, all of a sudden one, one and eleven. Yeah. So now the entire country wants to know what you're doing. So Jay has to find an edge, my opinion. So his locker room is going to see that. You know, he's taking a shot at Dion. Was he doing it to make it personal? No, but he's bringing attention to it. He made it personal, Sean. He did, according to Dion. He made it personal. No, 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 no. According to Jay, because <laughs> you are sitting there trying to dictate how people raise their kids. Children. That 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 to me, because he brought up his mom. Yep. And you're yep. gonna basically now what you just said was Dion's mom, who worked multiple jobs that could not come and watch him play, didn't raise her son the right way. Yep. I've seen the KFC commercial. Dion's mom was in the KFC commercial. Dion has put all his kids in the KFC commercial. <laughs> the problem with Jay in that situation, and I couldn't agree more that you're trying to pump your team up. Yeah. But you say that in the locker room. You Not, don't yeah. bring that to the public. And he said there, I said this with ESPN, and I don't care if they play it. Bro, you put yourself in the grease. So if Dion decides to go out there and score 70 on your ass, you brought that to the table. It's all bets are off. Nothing's yeah, holding them back. Because I don't know what you think you got in that locker room, but Dion didn't already told you what he got in his locker room. He, he showed everybody. And not only that, and now again, the players have to go out there and execute it. The players have to go out there and expand it. But I guarantee you, at this point, Dion understands who he has in that locker room compared to who you do, Jay. So if you want to poke the bear, be prepared for those bear claws to come through. And there's bears in Colorado, by the way. A ton of them. I saw a picture today that there was a bear sitting in a tree right outside of one of their classes. Think about that. <laughs> Think about it's, it's wild. It is. It is kind of crazy, man. And I'm, I'm with you. I felt kind of bad when all that stuff happened earlier on uh, 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 Thursday about Jay yeah. and what the expectations and how he put his team in this situation because now you did make it personal. You got ESPN that's coming out there. You got First Take with Stephen A and Michael Urban and and who else? Oh, Skip, uh, not Skip, but uh, Shannon. See, I felt like Shannon right there. Coming. <laughs> Skip! Skip! But I'm Skip! But you sit there and you look at it they're bringing those guys out there. There are so many people that are coming to Colorado. By the way, 
Deion Sanders posted a video that said that they generated $18 million in revenue in Boulder. What do you think is going to happen? Because college game day is coming. Ooh, man. 60 minutes. 60 minutes is coming to Folsom, to Boulder. So let me just explain to you. For all those people that want to continue to hate on Dion and disrespect him and talk about him out of his name, y'all are missing and y'all are failing miserably because that city of Boulder is prosperous. They are excited about it. He has already earned every bit of the money that they promised him that didn't even have the money to pay him every every weekend there is a uh, national media craze he could lose every game from this day forward but they're still pump pumping him they have won on the surface so, so be prepared for Dion to be shoved in your face from here on out whether he wins or loses because everybody wants him to lose there's a small group of us that want to continue to see him win. Is he going to win a national championship? No way in hell. I don't believe that. But stop praying for people's downfall and enjoy the ride. Yeah, that's my problem. He's the thing is, Dion's a polarizing guy. And oh my but goodness, he, he's but he's done it the right way, and he knew what he was doing with the social media. All the videos that he did at Jackson State. It's a plan. It's it's calculated. Yes. He's and got a son. He's got a son, Dion Jr., number one son, by the way. And he that's where the kids are, man. They're on yep. Instagram and yep. and and uh TikTok. Every day, Colorado football's on those platforms. Every day. I my my social media is lit every day. Season. I'm a Texas Longhorn uh follower. I'm a Texas Longhorn supporter. I am a Texas Longhorn fan. I want to see Texas in the limelight. But Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes are must-watch TV. And and you know what? Jay Norvell may make this game close. They just – At kickoff. (laughs) At kickoff. It is – he made it personal. And I forgot I forgot to load up the video of what ended up happening after Jay Norvell said yeah. that when they went to practice. But Dion came out to practice, was saying, we already know that this was going to be a rivalry game. Well, wait, 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 wait. Let me bring it back. Let me play the video of what Dion didn't know prior to this game because everybody was talking to Dion about um, Nebraska last week. Yeah. And Dion found out this week how important this Rocky Mountain game was. Yeah. But, oh, excuse me, Rocky Mountain showed it. Let me make sure I get the, it right. The, the Colorado Panthers. Right away. <laughs> but people brought it up to him. And this is what Dion had to say. You got to give me one at a time. Now, you just got me all hyped up about the Nebraska thing. You just bombarded me about that, right? 
and this tradition that was tremendous tradition. Now you wanted me to understand about the Rocky Mountain Showdown, so you got to give me some 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 verbiage or some you know, some literature on something, you know, just to brief me. But trust me, um, this is this isn't my first rodeo when it comes to that. I I, I think the Falcons and the Saints were quite a showdown as well as playing against the 49ers, as well as the Cowboys, 49ers. I can keep going Cowboys, Philly, you know, Cowboys, whoever was always during showdown uh, baseball as well. So it's always some type of adversity that you have against uh, someone in close proximity of you. Yeah. I had two divorces, which was a heck of a showdown too. <laughs> so don't tell me about the showdown. Huh? <laughs> I've had two divorces too. And don't tell me about no showdown. I love that. I love the fact that Dion brings it back to life. And that Damn is it. the other part of it. It's like, yes, I, like us, we yeah. really truly believe in the Texas AM and Texas rivalry. 100%. We believe in all of those, the Oklahoma, Texas. And I know people are going to be like, why would you say their names in front of it? It doesn't matter to me because it's already a rivalry. You can say it however you want to. Well, I got corrected 400 times in Oklahoma. So that is why I am. I, I, I look at Dion, and he always brings it back and puts that perspective on all of us. Sean, before I get to the, um, the uh, game this weekend against – Wyoming, because I want to let you know that before we get, get off the air. I wanted to make sure that we talked about this. There's a big game that is happening this weekend. The Wyoming uh, Cowboys are coming in. They beat Texas Tech. They did. There's a big fight, and I've been fighting this letdown for a long time. And Coach uh, Bo uh, Boy. Is it Boyle or Bowles? Because Bowl? I used to live in Bowles Crossing in Florida. So, yeah. <laughs> Craig so, Bowl. So yeah. yeah, I he made this comment today, and I wanted to ask you. We all seen it. Texas is elite of elite of elite. Coach Saban said that, but is this something that you would consider rat poison or getting caught up with the cheese? Nice sat down with the ESPN today, and I. Sorry. Uh, you know what? I've had a chance to look at the University of Texas for 35 years and uh, sometime coaching against them, uh, a lot of years coaching against them. Uh, this is the best Texas football team I've seen. Uh, I think they're as good as what's been advertised. I know a lot of the national writers had had really think great things to say about them. Uh, I think Coach Sarkeesian's done a great job. Uh, meshing in with the fabric of the University of Texas. It's a unique place. I have a lot of dear friends who have coached there. Uh, and Oscar Giles had played there. And I think he's done a great job with this program. They are hitting on all cylinders. Um, you know, yours is a real deal. I mean, he's as good as advertised, advertising or advertised um, great receivers, uh, people that can stretch the field, tight ends, they take a lot of shots, and they're not long foul balls. They hit a lot of home runs. Over on defense, I think their defensive front is very disruptive. They run well. Uh, they're back seven. Uh, guys tackle well. They've got great speed. They matched up with Bama. 
and ran step for step with them. And I think we all know what kind of team that they have to go into Tuscaloosa and win the way they did. And so uh, really impressive team. And uh, I think they deserve to be in the uh, conversation of the, the national championship. Uh, we'll get their best shot, I, I'm sure. And we're going to give them our best shot. So what are your wow. thoughts on that? You know what I'm saying? Like, we got a chance to see this team. We've seen how Coach Sark can dial up a game mm -hmm. plan. Uh, they go up against the ultimate team as Alabama, and that's a threshold of a thought process, how people view your team. But the farthest place you can go is to the top, and the lowest you can go is to the bottom. I'm not saying Texas is going to do that, but do you consider that rat cheese? I do. I think it's poison to the fullest, but I will say this. What a lot of people, that coach right there. Old school coach, by the way. He is. He's the one that really, really was one of the ones who really got that North Dakota State dynasty yes. going. Yep. Three Pete. Mm -hmm. I've got a Bob Stoops pinky. It's crooked. Sorry, but three Pete. National champions at the FCS level. Yes, sir. Wyoming is a very blue collar, hardworking state. Okay. They, their mentality is we're going to be – they're going to be very physical. It's, it's a rodeo state. What I'm trying to get at is there's not a lot of D1 athletes that come out of Wyoming, but when they come to Wyoming, they've got that blue-collar mentality to work hard and to be very physical. What yep. is that happening? And they've been to many bowl games. Yep. They've had a program. But I honestly, when I say this, don't misconstrue it, people who watch and listen to this. This is going to be a very tall task for Texas up here. If not, if everyone is not on board and has totally put Alabama in the rear view, that, all right, let's tackle this next obstacle. We all have to execute every game because Wyoming is going to come in there and try to beat Texas' ass. Yep. I, I promise you that's going to try to happen. Will it happen? More than likely not. I expect Texas to win by 24-plus points. The, the spread is 28. Okay. See, 24 to 28. See, that kind of scares you, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. And that is where I am because there's a late touchdown at the end. But does that mean that Texas didn't – exceed expectations no. when they went into the game. And that's the other part of it. That is the, the mindset and the psyche. We all know this, Sean. Good teams win. Great teams cover. That is – people say that again. I love that. Good teams win. Great teams cover. And it's Texas in the – upper echelon in this game as we look at the Georgia Bulldogs because Georgia Bulldogs is now the new standard. Yeah. So if Texas goes out and wins by 29, 30, 31, 34, 35, do we consider them that team that, hey, this is an upper echelon team? If Texas beats them by four touchdowns or more, that's significant. Start booking your tickets to uh, the playoff game? I would at least book your hotel. Ooh, 
Don't because, do that to these people, son. Because you can cancel and book an airline because you can cancel. Oh, great point. Great point. And uh, shoot, you might as well just get, hey, get an Airbnb. That's all I got to say. That's much, much better bargain. You know? It's, yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. <laughs> these hotels. Real quick, I want to give a shout out to my man Tom McKay over at AB yeah. Consultations. Go to abconsultations.com. Whether you're trying to set up that man cave or woman cave oh. or an outdoor hookup, whatever you're looking for, make sure you go to AB Consultations. They will take care of you. Go 512-255-8678. That is AB Consultations, 512-255-8678. As someone who has used Tom McKay, and set everything up in my crib and my man came. Thank you so much. Abconsultations.com. Sean, before we let you go, man, I appreciate the fact that you jumped on with me. Oh, man, I do it for you. This game down. What is your expectations for Texas Longhorns tomorrow as they take on the uh, Wyoming Cowboys? We just talked about the score a little bit. Yeah. But where do you see them? finishing tomorrow and of course at the end of the season are we going to arlington for sure (laughs) i think number one fans need to remember there is a former longhorn great that coach bowl mentioned oscar giles who was oh geez a great man um the pride of palacious texas down the coastal bend i like that Um, i like that Hold on, before you finish that, before you finish that, if you have ever encountered an angry fan that's not a Longhorn fan, this is your camera right here. That's what. Hey, continue, my friend. Man, <laughs> what? See, I'm telling you, everybody loves to hate Texas. They do. It is, man. There could be a TV camera on a group of fans from North Dakota State, and they're going to do this. Exactly. They're not even playing. They're not even playing. I don't get. Yeah, they might be playing the Shorthorns, but they ain't playing the Longhorns. They ain't, they're not playing Schulenberg. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, <laughs> exactly. I think. If Texas is plus two or greater in turnovers, I'll be. I think that's that's what they were against Alabama, right? Plus two, mm-hmm. um, plus two. That should be the goal. I think if you limit Wyoming to a hundred or less yards, it's a great day because they're that's they're going to try to run on Texas and then spread you out, spread you out, spread you out, then pop runs. Yep. Um, I think if they hold them to less than 375, that's a great day at the office for defense. Yep. If Texas can get to 40 points, 45 or greater, that's an even better day offensively. Do we get Arch Manning? So, so help no, fans. I, I, do we get Arch Manning? How many? He can play four quarters all season, right? No, he can play four games. If Texas is leading by 28 or more points, he, he's getting in. All right. That's what we want to hear. Everybody's been asking that question. I'm glad my man Sean Clinch 
was able to break it all down for us. As always, I want to thank everybody for joining in to hanging with my boy, Hardball Hard 